Welcome to our worship service from the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village for this Sunday, February 21st, 2021. We are so glad that you have decided to join us for worship. We want to remind you that Lent has begun. Our Lenten devotional study is underway, and you are not too late to engage it, though. Purchase the Amy Jill Levine book entitled Towards the Kingdom of Heaven, 40 Daily Readings on the Sermon on the Mount, and join the rest of the congregation in spiritually readying ourselves for a powerful and meaningful Holy Week and Easter. Our Lenten study classes begin this week. Sign up for the session of your choosing on Mondays or Thursdays, mornings or evenings, through the church office. Each study class will offer an opportunity to discuss the week's sermon and the material in the daily devotions. It will be a good time of conversation and spiritual growth. Also, please let me share with you our deep and uh, heartfelt thanks that we feel to those of our special donors who have responded to our pastoral staffing fund appeal. Through your gifts or pledges, we have crested $110,000. This is a tremendous response. Again, dear members of UMCWV, many, many thanks for your support for our future ministries together. All right then, let us center ourselves in preparation for worship. Today we continue with our sermon series on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We have been looking at the Beatitudes and that beautifully powerful segue on how Jesus calls his followers to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We heard the admonition and focused our thoughts on how we might actually live into Jesus' hopes for us in our current lives, to be the salt, to be the light. During these confusing and distressing days, disciples of Christ are called to step up and become a solid witness to God's love and grace, God's spirit and truth. We now turn to the additional material that Matthew has following this. It's called the Extensions, in that it takes the well-honed wisdom of the Torah and extends it further. This will be good. This will be good to hear what Jesus was doing with his contemporary followers and what this type of spiritual thinking offers us nowadays. So let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, be with us in this time of worship that we might open our hearts and minds to your holy word, that being nurtured and inspired by it, we would be led into truer discipleship and greater faithfulness and your son's name, and for your purposes, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
now's the time in our worship service where I'd like to invite the children to come close to their screens so that we can talk about what we've learned this past week in our Celebrate Wonder curriculum. This week we talked about Mary and Martha. Jesus had been going from town to town wanting to share with others what he knew about God and he was getting tired and so Mary and Martha said come to our house and as soon as that invitation was made Martha got busy doing the work of the house making sure that everybody had enough food that everybody was comfortable that the dishes were clean all of the things that you could think of that are the the nuts and bolts of having a party. And Mary sat at Jesus's feet, wanting to spend time with Jesus and learn from Jesus. Now this month in our Celebrate Wonder curriculum, we're talking about the idea of guiding and how people can be guides for us and how God is a guide for us. And one of the things that I loved about our Sunday School material this week is that they talked about how both Mary and Martha were guides in different ways. Mary showed us what it means to be attentive to and be present with those that we love and care about. Whether it's that we're sitting at Jesus's feet, whether it's that we take the time when we're with friends to truly sit with them, talk with them, hear what they have to say. And then there's Martha, who was a guide in how to be a hostess, how to make sure that others can be welcomed, can be nurtured, and can grow because of the fact that they are comfortable and feel like they are at home. Both of them are guides in different ways, and we strive in our lives to find that balance between being Mary and Martha, and how we might make people feel welcome, but we not get so busy in the things that we have to do that we don't take the time to be with those that we most care about. I hope this day, as you think about schoolwork, homework, dance classes, karate classes, sports practices, you get the picture, that you don't get caught up in all of the things on your to-do list, that you forget to enjoy the people that you're around. I know that one of our young people went scootering with his mother the other day, and as they were scootering, he said, Mom, you match that beautiful tree. We need to take a picture. That was a merry moment where this, this member of our program acknowledged how special it was to spend this time with his mom, to see the beauty and where they were, and to see how she added to the beauty of the picture. I hope this day that you can find ways to spend time with those who are most important to you so that you can let them know that they are special and that you can hear what's on their heart and what's in their minds. Will you join me in prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. 
please be our guide. Help us to guide others as we welcome others in and as we pay attention to those that are most special to us. In your name we pray. Amen. join me in prayer. Awesome and Almighty God, we greet you this day with praise and thanksgiving. Amazed at the ways in which your spirit guides us to this place, to this moment, to sitting on a mountaintop, proverbially listening to your words, learning and discerning how you are inviting us to go forward and farther in our faith seeing the ways in which the commandments can be expanded upon, inviting us to be your hands and feet, inviting us to bring about your kingdom here on earth, inviting us to shine your light like a beacon on a hill so that others may experience your light, your love, and your grace. Help us this day as we sit at your feet to see the ways that you are inviting us this Lenten season to expand our hopes, to expand our expectations, and to see the ways that we can continue to grow as your disciples, as followers of you, living as your people in the world, living by your example, inviting you to be our guide. Help us to see what our next steps may be as we continue to grow in faith together. As a church community, we lift up so many people in prayer this week. We join with Don Phillips in lifting up prayers for his friend Glenn, who received a heart transplant earlier this week. We join with Sonia Suzumoto in lifting up prayers for the Allison family at the passing of Bill Allison from COVID-related heart issues. We join with Jean DeHaven lifting up prayers for her family members, Rod and Maxine who have COVID and recognize all of those who are fighting and struggling with this virus right now. We ask that you provide everyone with comfort and bring the healing in each situation that is needed for each particular person. We join with Betty Steeman in lifting up prayers for Mario uh, as his health continues to decline 
and we ask for prayers for her sister who is in need of surgery. We lift up prayers for Shane Loomis and his family as Shane begins to serve time. We pray for Shane and for everyone impacted by his case. We pray for our larger musical community, those that have touched our hearts and who have touched many within our congregation uh, with beloved stories and fond memories. We lift up prayers for Frank Mattoon, who is having another brain surgery following a setback from a previous surgery. For Jana Spear, who is having lung surgery. Uh, and for Christine DeClotz, who is grieving the loss of her mother and her father-in-law. Lord, we take a moment to bring to you the prayers that are on our hearts this day. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. Give us healing where there is injury. Give us wisdom where we are missing the foresight. Give us hope in the places that we are discouraged. Give us the promise of what is to come. We pray all of these things saying the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Good morning. Our scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 5 verses 17 through 20. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I tell you until heaven and earth pass away not one letter not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes or the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
You know, over these last, uh, well, good number of months, most of all the, the months of the pandemic, I've been leading a Bible study on Paul. We, we took a good look at Acts, and, and now we're just about done with 1 Corinthians. And, and in that study, oftentimes, um, or now and again, the conversation focuses on how Paul is such a strong proponent of grace. The importance of grace in Paul's thinking is, is really hard to underestimate. And because of it, there's been a debate in, in Christian circles for uh, the longest of times between uh, Paul's understanding of grace and what we uh, get out of our New um, Testament epistle by attributed to James that is uh, talking about the value of works. And much of our, our, our Jewish rootage is in the law in the Torah, and so there's there's this tension between uh, law and grace that uh, sometimes arises in our conversations. You might recall that Luther is very famous for for talking about justification by faith through grace, and that Luther was not a big fan of the the power of works as it might relate to our salvation, um, being critical of the Roman Church, particularly for. Um, giving too much of an opening for uh, works-based passageway to salvation. Can we gain salvation however we think of it? Can we gain it through our works? Uh, some of us ask, is there works righteousness is a term that's used for that? Or do we gain salvation through our beliefs? Uh, are our beliefs good enough regardless of what our works reveal about us. Now, we United Methodists, we typically say both and for this question. Faith is crucial, yet works are essential. Our works demonstrate our faith. Our works substantiate our faith. So we become people who value works, law, rules, patterns of faithful behavior, thinking these are important in right ways and wrong ways. Yet we also hold the door open for God's grace to blow through and perhaps even upend everything we've personally thought. Since it's the purpose, the goal, the spirit of the law that's most important, we think that belief and works need to work or relate, uh, coalesce hand in hand in our lives. Following a rule without your heart being in it doesn't really measure up. At least this is what we think Jesus has taught us. As Jesus said, God created the Sabbath for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. Strict observance of the Sabbath for its own sake carries little merit. Observing the Sabbath to honor 
and engage God, well, that is the key thing. So, when we come to this segment of the Sermon on the Mount, we need to remember Jesus' Sabbath admonition and realize that for Jesus, the heart of the matter is the key, not a perfunctory law observance or rule-keeping. Now, having said that, we turn to today's scripture, which represented just a part of the section of chapter 5, verses 17 to its end, and serves as an introduction, really, to that segment of the scripture. And in what we heard today, we hear Jesus saying, uh, don't be a formalist like the scribes or the Pharisees, but seek the heart of the laws. Seek the core of the traditions and live out their deeper or their higher truths. Now, we see this point made in the passage of Scripture shared with us this morning. It's the lead-in to this new section about law and spirituality. I have not come to abolish the rules, abolish the law and the prophets, Jesus says, but rather to fulfill them. Jesus is telling his followers to not discard the law for all his talk about grace, but don't be a formalist about it either, pursuing its form, not its content and its meaning. He was critical of the scribes and the Pharisees who seemed to go through the motions of faithfulness, but lacked its deeper spiritual reality and truth. Well, you know, like Don Corleone in that Godfather film, uh, uh, the, the part where it's played by Pacino and, and he's at his child's baptism while his henchmen are out murdering all his competitors in the mafia on his orders. Or maybe a little less dramatic than that presentation, a person worshiping regularly yet hating her neighbor. Or a person praying twice daily and then acting arrogant and superior about it to others. Two good examples Jesus uses to make this point of his himself in Scripture. We are to seek the heart of the law or tradition and live out their deeper or their higher truths in our lives. Now, having made the point that he's not abandoning Judaism, but rather trying to help it to blossom better, he turns to some examples of, of what he means. And what follows here in this larger segment of Scripture of the Sermon of the Mount are six representative laws that Jesus chooses, rules to follow for faithfulness that he addresses. People have thought of these as the antitheses. You've heard it said, but I say, because of that kind of opposing. But Amy Jill Levine, who we're using in our Lenten devotionals, she points out that they really are extensions. 
Now, as we look at these, Jesus doesn't contradict the first statement. He rather builds on it, and in extending it, makes it stronger or deeper or more significant or more helpful. The extensions that that Matthew recalls for us from Jesus' teachings include anger and adultery, divorce, oaths, retaliation, and love of enemies. So let's take a closer look at a couple of these and see what Jesus is up to. Anger is the the next one in line in our scripture passages. And he says, you know, you've heard it said, do not murder. But I say unto you, do not dwell in your anger. Hmm. The best way to avoid killing someone is to manage your anger and seek reconciliation and healing of the situation. That makes good sense. The next one, adultery. He says, You have heard that you should not commit adultery. But I say to you, do not lust after another one. Now, if you're not lusting after someone, chances are you'll not commit adultery. It's helpful to to restrict your attention to other desirable partners. If you are worried, you cannot control yourself with them. Now, for example, we could think of uh, how maybe it's important. If, if, if you set a goal of being on a healthy diet, maybe it's wise not to stock the pantry with cookies and chips or the refrigerator with ice cream. It will help you. It just makes sense. Now, Levine calls this process Jesus is imploring, putting a fence around it. To avoid falling in the hole, fence off the area around it. Do you want to keep your calorie count down? Well, then don't get those cookies. Don't get that ice cream in the fridge. Make it harder to get at the calories. Fence off a greater area for yourself. To avoid falling in a hole, fence off the area around it. That fence will keep you from falling in the hole, right? Well, I had an experience like that. I was in the in the Holy Land and I was up on the, uh, well, I was up on the mountain where these uh, Beatitudes were shared and the Sermon on the Mount is believed to have been talked about. And as I walked down the hillside, I, I noticed this, uh, you might say some ruins kind of sticking out of the overgrowth of the brush and stuff like that. And more interested in getting to investigating what those ruins were than in obeying the wisdom of the fence around it. I found a way to get over that fence to get closer to that area. And I nearly fell down a hole into what was an abandoned room, maybe a, um, a cistern catacomb? Not sure. The fence was there to protect people from falling in the hole. The sign over the hole, well, that might have helped if I paid attention to that, but the fence even further away from the hole would have really helped if I had paid attention to that. 
So the larger restriction helps a person obey the smaller restriction and resist the temptation, the failing. Well, so Jesus goes on and he talks about retaliation. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye. And, and the people around him go, yeah, 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 we know that. Yet I say to you, move beyond dishing out injury for injury. As Gandhi would say, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Jesus is saying, injury for injury, violence for violence does not bring peace, does not bring healing. We need something better than that. Respond in a way that breaks the cycle of tit for tat and takes it to a new level or a new place, which may prompt positive change, which may actually bring reconciliation and healing of whatever the circumstance is that has you at odds with your neighbor. Now, the last one in this section concerns loving your enemies. Now, I, for one, don't even like the term enemies. I don't use it. It, it seems to objectify the other and its terminology creates a different uh, or difficult, rather emotional barrier that we've got to get over as we deal with one another. It's not a helpful word for me. Yet I get what Jesus is up to here using the word enemy. He says, you've heard it said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemy too. Pray for your enemy. Jesus thinks it's better to treat all people as neighbors, whether they're friendly to you or not, to learn to get along with all. And nowadays in our society, there's a lot of enemy talk that we hear bantered around. People demonizing others who do not agree with them. People no longer conversing with other people. What is remarkable is that many of these folk who are taking this stance consider themselves followers of Jesus, uh, Christians. And I think we've got to wonder about that in light of this clear teaching of Jesus as to whether we should feel comfortable thinking of ourselves as Christians if we feel so comfortable demonizing, arguing with, and making enemies of people around us. It seems to me that Jesus is, is very direct here. Love of God, love of neighbor, means no enemies. We are in community with a variety of other people many of whom may see things differently than we see things. 
and we are challenged by our Lord to find a way to be good to and for one another. None the less. Perhaps we'll leave it at that as we enter Lent. The work before us is clear this season because the societal tension is so palpable. We acknowledge God's claim on our lives through Jesus, and we set our course this Lent to examine ourselves, our our spirituality, our thoughts, our words, our behaviors, seeking to discover how we might be more aligned with Christ. And these six extensions are a good place to start. And they present a good model on how to deal with our shortcomings that we may be discovering and having to own up to and thankfully having the resources of faith to deal with. Try building a fence around the goal that better protects you from falling, that better helps you to honor it, to reach it. We need to think, not talking to others about religion and politics served as a fence, I think, to help maintain good relationships. I've come to understand it that way in congregations. Yet actually what I've learned from that is that It is much better, rather than ignoring our differences, to learn how to respect and listen and talk to one another in helpful and compassionate in Christian ways. Building a fence, not around the conversation, but building a fence around the judgmentalism that might be a part of it. Avoiding the judgmentalism and being humble enough in ourselves to be humble with one another in the sharing of our thoughts, in the listening to other people's thoughts. I've come to think that that's really more what is needed in the body of Christ. That this really is the way to healthy relationships, to helpful relationships, of where we're joining hands with one another and walking together on the spiritual journey of becoming our better selves. Well, I invite you to try it out, to build a a fence, a right fence, to help live into the heart of the matter of your faith so that you might reach the goals of righteousness and holiness without falling. God bless you all this day. Amen.
we follow a man, Jesus the Christ, who taught us the power of the Torah and how that truth can be expanded upon to help us to become stronger disciples, to help us to become faithful witnesses to the gifts God has bestowed to us and upon us. As we contemplate the music we are about to receive, we have the opportunity to also contemplate how we might give gifts that continue to further the building of God's kingdom, to continue to expand upon what God has already done and to be active participants in what God is creating now. We faithfully ask you to consider your gifts and how you might continue to further the work that Christ has placed on your hearts. Thank you. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. We trust this service has been a blessing to you. May you live through the Spirit this week in a special way that supports the health of your soul and also the well-being of those around you. We hold each other in prayer this week for the efforts, our efforts, to be our better selves and the desire to build a community around us that reflects God's will and God's ways. This is a good thing to be about in our lives. Be about this good work in partnership with God's Spirit. So be safe, stay healthy, and know that you are loved. Amen. <laughs>